Point Hammered is intended for an immature audience. So if you're easily offended, you best get to stepping. But if you'd like to stay, let's get hammered. is going on people this is fucking point hammered episode 120 fucking one (laughs) (laughs) rogers what's going on buddy (laughs) it's fucking march man i'm like yelling in the microphone (laughs) (laughs) i'm all worked up from this dog a little nervous now did i do something wrong john (laughs) are you mad john are you mad at me (laughs) nope (laughs) i don't know it's going pretty good i was painting I painted a model last week for no Holy shit. Wars. A whole model? One whole model, start to finish. It was a sweet-ass plastic Dark Elf Sorceress. I oh, had to yeah. get her done for the uh, Holy Wars GT. I needed a level 2 shadow to go with my level 4, just yeah. to make sure you get all the sweet-ass shadow spells, particularly Withering for the host of the Eternity King list I was submitting. <laughs> Uh, that went pretty well. Give her the old dip, and then I went back. I can't. <laughs> I knew I had a piece of paper somewhere with like all the recipes I used for like painting all the wood elves, but I cannot find that piece of paper. So I can't remember the mixes and stuff. Like if I was using like this ivory reaper color for highlights, or like um, you know bleach bone, or yeah, you know the leathers and the brown. I have no idea how I did the dark browns on all because I know I dipped them. Yeah. Well, this is what I did before. I would paint them a dark color and then I would kind of miss them. Do some like uh, highlighting from the top with like a khaki colored spray. Yeah. And then I thought I just dipped them at that point after doing like skin and stuff like that but i must have went back and painted some kind of darker brown color before i dipped because when i dipped this chick like the browns didn't look anything like how the browns looked on all the other dudes <laughs> so i'm gonna have to think about this more if i'm gonna go back maybe do a couple test models to refigure it out so yeah. definitely make like a fucking file on your computer or something <laughs> <laughs> because five or ten minutes looking for that file, it's going to take you hours to paint a model from start to finish and see what the result's going to be. Yeah. But I was able to, you know, do some mixes and stuff and kind of approximate those colors so she fit right in. Oh, she was like, that's a big model, too. She's like head and shoulders taller than all the Glade Garden. It looks yeah. fucking hilarious. It's pretty massive. She's got these really wide hips. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. She can squirt out a ton of Dark Elf BBs. I'm <laughs> <laughs> getting turned on. Keep talking. In. Yeah, the only other wearing? thing. Some panties? Um, what color panties? Yeah, she's got like like these thigh-high boots. Mm, yeah. No heels, though. She's flat-footed, and she's still taller than she's all these other guys. Running around a battlefield kicking She's got ass. like a little loincloth thing, and then like this weird bikini. Mm. Yeah, pretty, with some sharp edges and stuff. Should have shaved off that bikini and went topless. <laughs> oh, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> next one, next one. Could go back and like try to sculpt like like boobs. You can kind of smooth in the edges. <laughs> yeah. It kind of looks like a <laughs> like a boob job gone wrong. They're like all lumpy and like misproportioned. <laughs> the nipples are pointing random directions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like a googly eyed. Uh, the only other thing I had to do was rebase. 
the Hydra model yeah. that I painted for for basically for fun a few years ago to use for my transformation of Kadan if I ever took Laura Beast. Yeah. Which I don't think I I played a couple of games with Laura Beast, but I never actually cast a spell sure. or got it off and used it. Uh, the thing was on like a regimental base. It's got really wide feet placing. Yeah. So uh, I did manage to squeeze that motherfucker onto a chariot <laughs> base. And then like his back legs are overhanging a bit. But um, that's all I had to do for Holy Wars. Did you have anything? No, uh, I didn't do anything. Pre- <laughs> okay. What about for the, the campaign stuff? How's that going? Uh, I'm about maybe two hours away from finishing the first model paint-wise. Oh, cool. Um. But since we were going out of town, I ain't done shit because I had to pick up all my shit because Brett had her nieces and nephew uh, over here. I can't have those There's a bunch shit of little rats. shit rats running around. Yeah. So I ain't got it set up yet. And this week ain't looking good for painting time. <laughs> I was going to do it today at lunch, but uh, here okay. we are podcasting. Yeah, well, I gotta, I've been doing a lot of converting. I haven't actually started putting paint to any of my campaign models yet. I've just been building lots of stuff. It's been fun as hell. Yeah. I've been... Actually, I went back. I don't have the buildings for it yet, but I'm working on six of the demonettes on the old uh, Steeds of Slanesh, the old metal ones, like the Juan Diaz ones that yeah. used to be kind of hard to find. They're really good But ones. you can actually, yeah, uh, you can get them on eBay now for pretty cheap. Yeah. Um, you can get like six of them for like 80 bucks, which, I don't know, it's comparable. And then I went back and I got a bunch of the foot slogger versions of those too. So I'm probably going to add a unit of demonettes uh, to my forces here. Otherwise, I made two Forsaken models. That is a haul of shit kit, <laughs> if there ever was one. <laughs> the Forsaken? <laughs> yeah. The, uh, okay, it does have a couple cool things. Like uh, the, the torsos are good. You know, it's just armor plates. The heads are pretty awesome. The legs are fine. <laughs> I have an issue with the legs and that the Forsaken are movement six in the game. Yeah. But they just have like regular like little turdy legs. <laughs> like they're kind of chunky. You know, and it looks like they're just walking. Like there's one set of weird legs that kind of looks like it might be like it could be move six. So that pair is cool. But otherwise it's just like normal feet with like weird mutations. Yeah. Uh, but the f- the arms are so bad, like they're super huge and chunky, like they're the size of Cryptor and Troll arms. Like I have those arms and I was holding them up, but they're like they're not the same length. They're the same length as a human arm, but they have the thickness of Troll arms and Cryptor arms. So they look totally muscly, out of proportion. Right? Yeah, they're totally out of proportion and yeah. look really dumb. So like the arms. Or unusable, so um, I've been using you know just whatever bits I have, like horror arms and like weird little tentacles and stuff that I have. Like I use like a screamer head. I kind of made like a hand weapon shield guy. Yeah, where he just had like this massive like mutated screamer head for an arm, so it kind of looks like a shield. And then the other dude, he's got like a shitload of tentacles. And then for the feet, I ended up using the I bought a box of Bestigors yeah. and got their feet because they have, like, really wide legs. Sure. And they're kind of bestial. They don't have much fur on them. Right. So it's really easy to scrape the fur off or leave it on there if you like. So I went back and sculpted, like, 
a couple of different kinds of hooves. One's like a tentacle foot, and then one's kind of like an elephant kind of foot, kind of just weird, weird claws. Elephant. And then um, a stump leg. Yeah. So those uh, torsos look really awesome on those legs. They look really fast. They look pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm gonna have some pictures of those in the hobby desk this week. Otherwise, for I'm kind of developing what I kind of is thinking of as a theme. So for the campaign, mm-hmm. like we're going by our uh, HPB names for like in the campaign progress reports. Yeah. So you're the bastard, and then there's the butcher on there. Apprentice has been upgraded to the journeyman because they kind of sound like weird, cool names for potentially chaos warlords. Yeah. And then mine was just the Raj. So I just spelt it. R-A-J for this campaign purposes. You're going so with I'm thinking like Indian theme here? Yeah. So I think I'd, um, my uh, butcher, he's been calling me Silver Tongue because of... So there's a lot of like multiplayer battles. We're going to finish off the rest of the campaign rules here. Shouldn't, shouldn't take too long just giving the overall structure, but there's a lot of uh, like trading and multiplayer type battles so a lot of it is like talking shit and like trying to get the other guy uh to like help you out and uh so butchers especially when uh you or jerry aren't around yeah then the silver tongue ring supreme <laughs> uh so like my general model right now is that village the cursling with yeah. that little dude hanging off so i'm gonna sure. go back and sculpt like a little turban on him and he's gonna look pretty sweet <laughs> Um, so I might kind of run that a theme kind of like that for maybe for the warriors, kind of a more like an Eastern kind of just like a, you know, like exotic, like kind scimitars of, and shit like that. Um, There's a lot you can do there. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe some scimitars, but just be more exotic. Not just like, uh, you know, white guy, chaos warriors. You had a couple, a couple brown skins in there, little brownies. Yeah. <laughs> hey. oh, yeah. We got the goddamn animals here. <laughs> the zoo is fucking a effect yet again yeah but i do want to uh from now on say your general model can change from game to game yeah so i want to make like a little weird little mutated dude that i can just stick on to all my general models so like the my general will be silver tongue like this little mutated guy and he just like uh moves from body to body and like controls them with like his little just pops out of them and then when he's when they get killed he just moves on to the next one yeah so i'm thinking that's gonna be like the theme of, of silver tongue so you got the, the same bro the raj yeah so i got like a spirit host kit so i'm working on um because those would be kind of cool little bodies they're kind of spindly i'm trying to figure out how to uh, i want to attach them with like a magnet or stick them to the base or something like that yeah but i think that'd be kind of cool um, just whatever model I'm using, you got this little mutated dude hanging off. <laughs> Be fucking sweet. Anyways, any uh, future plans for the um, camp? Are you just gonna <laughs> just gonna keep adding warriors until you have like twenty of them? No, I have uh, five marauders built and about half painted horsemen. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping I can start adding some cavalry pretty fucking quick here. Yeah, Jerry. Um, so we we did do another campaign day, and he was using. A single dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Sticky bastard. He was using a single Marauder horseman because he had him unlocked. Seemed to work all right. He just had an axe and kind of throw around. The game we played, like he marched across a river and ended up drowning, like in the first turn. 
<laughs> it was fucking hilarious. Fucking <laughs> uh, <Like a> moron. <laughs> yeah. But, right. okay. We should move on here, buddy. Yeah. Let's get to the uh, campaign rules, the second half. Okay. So we're not going to get quite as in-depth this time around, but these will be up in a campaign blog post. So if you guys are interested, you can go read the rules and see how everything works. And then uh, one thing to keep in mind is these are the rules for this particular campaign. So if you're if you don't agree with something, you can just do whatever the fuck you Fucking want for your own campaign. Yeah. Don't be a dickweed and complain <laughs> yeah, about it. I put up I put them all up as Word docs on on the blog. On the blog, yeah, just because um, if people did want to go in and change stuff, they could definitely. I don't have any issues with them. Yeah, uh, the system kind of works. So the basic gist of it is, um, so we went over the gifts of chaos deck, and then just the weird army construction rules for having such small games mm-hmm. previously. Yep. So one of the main things of the campaign is your stronghold. So this is just a additional piece of paper that everybody has, and kind of keep track of their armies and then um, it kind of works like a Heroes of Might and Magic Fortress if you're familiar with that computer game or I think Civilization probably works like this is that um, yeah it's similar kinda, it's, it's like a cities you're building it's kind of like a de- development tree kind of thing so you start out and you're limited to infantry war beasts uh, swarms, if you can get a swarm. But there is a 25-point unit cap. Yeah. So those are the starting limitations. You have to pick one chaos faction, so beasts, warriors, or demons, and then you have to start with one chaos god. Um, so Nurgles, each whatever. Yeah. And then those are your starting limitations. And then over the course of the campaign... Uh, you can build additional buildings in your fortress that'll allow you to unlock all the other units. So there's one each for the warriors, demons, beastmen. There's like a summoning circle, a herdstone, a dark fortress. Uh, there's four different temples, one for each god. Um, and then there's like the unit type unlocks. So uh, and like a stable type building. You start with fast cav first, then you unlock cavalry, and then finally you un- unlock monsters cav. And so you have to kind of do them in order. Yeah. Like that. And then there's one, there's like an encampment that you start with monstrous infantry, uh, you go to monstrous beasts, and then remember in the prior rules, all the monsters in the game were changed to monstrous beasts, yeah. just to remove the thunder stomp, mm-hmm. because it's too powerful in small games. <laughs> um... So that's Monstrous Beast. And then um, finally, the upgrade there is the Giant. So the Giant does still Thunderstorm because he's so big. Um, Plus, you're maybe gives, maybe gives to you a reason. Encourage motherfuckers to take Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I'm not the only one. I know other tournaments do that. Um, there's a, a Wizard's Tower. So you start out not being able to take any Wizards at all. And then you can get levels 1, 2, 3, and 4. And then that. Uh, corresponds directly to the magic levels. Yeah. And then also the power level of the Reign of Chaos cards you can get. Okay. So to start at level one, you can get, uh, like, Mystifying Miasmas and stuff like that. Uh, But if you want to get Purple Sun, you have to have a level four built. So there's no way um, you can get access to those 
uh, top spells without having your full wizard's tower built up. Sure. Um, there's the same thing with magic items. You start out with at level level zero ones are unlocked, which are like the zero to twenty point items, and then you can build one, two, and three. So if you want to get uh, the good shit, you got to build a higher one. And then it's the same thing with mutations, level one, two, and three, uh, to unlock those. Uh, you have the mustering field. So this one will be imp- important as the campaign goes on. This is the unit cap one. So this one just goes in order. And it goes 50 points, 75, 100, and basically goes up to 1,000. For our campaign, we're probably going to call it after 1,000 uh, points. So I think in, we've got about eight and a half more months to go. But um, if you want to do like a full 2,000-point campaign, that's what you can do. Um, and then just for fun, there's like the Forges of Hashute, which um, lets you take the Hellflare Chariot which we discussed last time. That one's still a chariot. That's the lawnmower type thing. Um, you can take a war machine upgrade, which would be a hell cannon or a skull cannon because yeah. they're, they're not monsters or chariots. They're just war machines. You can take a unit from Tamarkan for fun. You can have one of each of those. And then the final upgrade for the forges is you can go back and take two of each of those. Um, and then, so this is kind of all cumulative. So... Uh, you, for example, you have, um, I think you have Monsters Infantry being yeah. built, Ogres, but, um, so you could take Ogres, uh, what god do you have? I'm currently, I started with Nurgle and then I built Corn. Okay, so, um, it's all kind of cumulative for the restrictions. So first of all, you're at a 25 point unit cap. So you need to get the 50 pointer built before you can even take an take Ogre. An ogre yeah. And then once you take the Ogre... Then you could only take a corn or a, a Nurgle mark because that's all that you have unlocked. Right. So it kind of um, works out that way. So you you want to build up, but then you know it's going to be helpful to have uh, the diff- access to the different gods and stuff like that. So the way you build these is you need uh, gold, slaves, and glory. So these are like the resources of the campaign. Yeah. Basically. And so, you know, we're, I'm not going to explain on the air. You can go look at the stronghold sheet, but like a Temple of Slanash will cost one slaves and one glory. Uh, like a level four magic tower would be two slaves, two gold, and five glory. You know, so they kind of progressively build up, but not, not too much. Um, so that's one aspect is uh, building up this stronghold. Um the actual battles, how they work, each campaign, I guess, uh, round, we're calling them excursions in the terminology of the rules. So we're all kind of all the chaos warlords, and then we go on excursions, which is like kind of one one campaign round. And the way we do that is we have uh, five different targets. So that's like the five different areas each warband can go to plunder. Yep. So there's... Like the mountain holds, which are where the dwarves live. And if you want to get gold, you, you're going to go there. And you, if you win, you get gold resources. If you want to go to the south, uh, like the empire and stuff, that's where you go to get your slaves. If you want to get slaves and bring them back. <laughs> uh, you can go to the uh, forges of Hashut, and you can get magic items. So that's... Um, how you get more magic item gifts of chaos cards. Yeah. And then uh, you can go to the Warpstone Pits 
and kind of barter with the Skaven or the underground creatures or whatever. And that's how you get more mutation cards. Mm-hmm. Or you can go to the Chaos Gates, and that's how you get the spells and the Reign of Chaos cards for your deck. Okay. Um, so at the start of the excursion, everybody secretly decides which one they want to go for. So, like, if we had five of us, each of us would put a card face down on the table, and then we just flip it over, and then whoever is matched up is that's who you're fighting for the round. So you're gonna pick your list ahead of time. Um, so you you can kind of tailor it. Like if you think somebody's gonna go for something the same as you, and you kind of know what they have, you could kind of tailor your list that way. But you have to decide your list before you pick your destination and before you know who you're fighting. Um, so if there's two or three or four guys at the same location, uh, like our very first game, we all happened to pick the same one. So we had this big, big, huge mega battle. Yeah, so you know, per per the prior cast, all the games are Triumph and Tretch, basically. So multiplayer games are going to be the norm. Um, you know, we typically have an odd number of people. Enough. Knock it off. This fucking animal is wild. <laughs> He's vicious. You hear him? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then what happens if you pick a target and nobody else goes to that one um it's kind of a a bit of a free pass you get the resources right away but then you're going to go back and ambush one of the other players so um the order of preference starts out if you have a beastman general you go first if you have demons you go second if you have warriors you go third so um like if we're if there's four people, two of them pick the same one, and two of them pick different ones, the Beastman player will get his resources first, and then he would get to ambush one of the other players, Yep. Uh, which basically means he could just join in the game. So it's up to him. He could join in that two-player game already going on, and it would become a three-player game, but then the other guy, he would have to go in as well because once he gets his resources, he's going to ambush as well. Um, otherwise, he could ambush that other guy, that Warriors player, and try to take him out before he gets his resources. So that's how the matchups are done. The games are um, basically just Triumph and Trutch games. Yep. Each different target will say which scenario is played, and they they can be different between the multiplayer and the two-player. So it just goes between the three different um, triumph and Tretch scenarios. That's what we're sticking with. If you wanted to get down to it, you could come up with different scenarios for each card, for different uh, each target area. You could have different terrain and stuff like that. Yeah, um, just tweak them too. But. Yeah, but I think I will be talking with Bear about getting special terrain made for each battleground. So when we go to the south, it's like you're playing in like burned out old Mordheim buildings because like. You guys have already captured all your slaves, and now it's just a fight over the slaves between the chaos warbands. <laughs> or to like go to like the reign of chaos or the chaos gates and have like his weird chaos train from Paca there, yeah. And like all kinds of magical stuff goes on. Sure. Um, so once the game's played out, uh, you're gonna have a winner, uh, losers. Uh, you could potentially have a draw. Uh, so the winner, he will just. Uh, gain whatever resources you get at that location. If it's at a gold place, you get two gold cards. Um, if you go to a magic item place, you uh, pick two or you draw two and then you pick one. Yeah. And then the one gets kind of thrown in like this 
old uh, homelands like junky garbage deck, which gets used uh, for all the losers to pick from. <laughs> uh, but okay, so you get the resource. The winner will also get to take a card from one of the losers' decks. Yep. Um, so that's a way that cards can be transferred between players. Um, and it should be said, like, the gold and the slaves, those go on cards, and they stay in your deck until, um, like, the end of the campaign turn. So you're going to go on a bunch of raids. You're going to get a bunch of gold, slaves, and magic items, and whatever else. And that all goes into your deck. So the more of that stuff you accumulate, the less powerful your Gifts of Chaos deck is going to be because you have these kind of useless resource cards in there. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of a way to balance out the winners versus the losers. The other way, too, is a loser will always gain a Shadow of Defeat card, and then the winner, if they have any, will also lose one. And the Shadow of Defeat card is just a sweet Gifts of Chaos card that you can use where you can just re-roll any, any dice roll um, and take a new card whenever you use it. So, like, Andrew has been getting a whole shitload of those cards. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and... Uh, so eventually, um, and actually in our last campaign turn, we had a one-on-one game, and I thought it was going to go pretty well, but uh, I was defeated by Andrew. And then after the game, when he took a card from me, he took my fucking Ogre Blade card, <laughs> which I just picked up and was so goddamn sweet, plus two strength. So uh, Andrew's got the Ogre Blade if you want to try to get it from him. Um, and then the losers... They kind of retreat back to the homelands where they can get a gold card or a slave card, and then they can also, if they had a card stolen from them, they can draw two from, like, the homelands deck, which is a bunch of old garbage cards that nobody wants. Yep. And they can take one. Um, if you don't get a card stolen from you, you still have the option to take one, but you have to sacrifice a card in order to do it. Yeah. Uh, that way it kind of keeps the overall card counts kind of similar between all the players. Sure. And then the last thing is the winner gets two glory cards, and the loser gets one. So just by playing games, you'll get the glory cards, which is a resource you use for building and stuff like that. So that's the basic gist of it. Um, you can go to the website, and it has a real specific breakdown of how this all works, um, if you guys want to give it a go. The last thing is the overall campaign turn which is um, so kind of thematically it represents like a year of the Warhammer world mm. so it starts out in the beginning and um, it starts out with the uh, spring thaws coming in and all the mountain passes getting opened up and uh, the time of the excursions will begin <laughs> but it always starts with a trial of champions which is like a fun one-off game just between all our generals yeah and then, um, so we come up with weird rules for that. So every week we do that, or every two weeks, that's the first thing that happens? Well, it, it kind of, it's kind of up to your campaign how you want to do it, but every campaign year, yeah. it starts out that way. So we start a campaign year at the beginning of the month, and then the second time we finish a campaign year. Uh, but you, you could do them all in one day, like if that's how you wanted to run your shit or break it out over a longer period of time. Sure. But, yeah, the trial champions... Uh, it was just a fun little thing. So the first time, we just had the generals going at it. The uh, second time, we threw a troll in there. <laughs> and then whoever defeated the troll would get to use him, even though 
his stronghold didn't meet any of the requirements. So Bear won that one. He's been using a troll <laughs> in our in our games. It kind of I don't know. It's kind of interesting because he has to keep his general next to it, and it's only leadership seven. <laughs> so, so it's like a fifty-fifty. Of... But like you don't want to fight it because it just fucking kill whatever. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of like a, just a little chaperone to his general, make sure his general stays alive. <laughs> um, after that, you begin construction on all your buildings. Mm-hmm. So that's when you cash out all your gold, your glory, and your slaves. And then uh, they, you don't get the benefits right away. Uh, it's just being built. Like you laid the foundation before all the fucking warriors and the general takes off. Yeah. Leave behind the slaves and the, the women and the gabos, whatever the house you have uh, building your stuff. <laughs> And then um, you just do any number of excursions, which is like those campaign rounds. So usually when we get together, uh, we play two or three of those rounds in a single day. Yep. And then um, once you've done all those, as many as you guys want, as many as you see fit. So we are doing it over two days, like we said. So we usually maybe play four to six excursions total uh, before the end of the campaign year, which is... Uh, bringing it back around. Uh, so when your warriors return, all your buildings are built. Yeah. Um, and then you have the Festival of Plenty, which is like a 60-second window, and that's the only time you're allowed to actually just straight-out trade cards with other players. Because that's when everybody, all the Chaos Warbands are flush from all their pillaging and stuff like that. That's the only time <laughs> <laughs> they can get together for peaceful purposes. And just have a big fucking party. Yeah. And then after that, the last thing is, uh, like, at the winter kind of solstice is when uh, all these uh, leaders get together and make offerings to the chaos gods. Okay. So that is when you can sacrifice cards from your Gifts of Chaos deck to try to gain the favor of the gods. Okay. And... um, and that's what you got written down here for off. Yeah, this is on the stronghold sheet. So if you're following along, you can take a look at it. Each god will only accept certain kind of cards. So corn, he'll take magic weapons, magic armor, magic standards. Uh, Zinch, he'll take arcane items, talismans, treachery cards, or reign of chaos cards. Um, you get treachery cards from winning uh, ambush games. So when you ambush somebody, if you win, you get a treachery card instead of gaining additional resources. FYI. Nurgle, he wants mutations, enchanted items, and manifestations. Um, And then finally, Slanesh just wants glory cards. Because it's gloriful. Okay. Okay, so um, there are some kind of specific rules here, but the idea is uh, once you sacrifice a number of cards equal to that Chaos God's sacred number. Yeah. So Slanish needs six. Zinch needs nine. Um, looks like Nurgle's seven. Corn's eight. Okay. Um, for the people obsessed with the sacred numbers, <laughs> which I know there's quite a few fans out there. Butcher. <laughs> Butcheria. Anyone who played in the 90s. <laughs> That's about it. And is building Slanish armies. will keep it to units of six and multiples of six. But they completely abandoned it. 
when they take Zine, Schnurgle, or Corn because it's not convenient with unit sizes of 7, 8, and 9. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, once you sacrifice the number of cards equal to that Godsaker number, mm-hmm. you get a... Your general always gets that mark. They can never lose it, which is good because, um, like we mentioned previously, whenever you lose a game, you have to switch. So this way, if you want to be Nurgle and you make enough offerings to Nurgle, you're always Nurgle. You never lose it. Okay. You get a uh, Blessings card, which is like a unit-wide kind of mutation card. Okay. So Nurgle is just like give a whole unit poison attacks. Like a Hex or an Augment? Yeah, kind of, kind of like that. Uh, but it's played, you know, just kind of like the same way as the other cards. But they're unit-wide benefits, so they're pretty good. All right. Uh, and then lastly, while you're doing this, depending on the power level of the cards, so if you're um, submitting weaker ones, it can work, but you're not going to get any special boon cards, okay. which are cards that you can use during the excursion phase when you're deciding your target. Um, instead of playing... Like uh, you're going for gold or slaves yeah, or stuff like that. Um, each Chaos God has its own boon card, which you can play instead. Um, and if you play a Zinch one, for example, first of all, you get to see what everybody else did. Because this one is revealed simultaneously, you just flipped over the Zinch card. So you get to pick which one you go to after seeing what everybody else did. Okay. Which is could be pretty sweet. Yep. And then each one has its own ability. So for Zinch... You get to pick a location, and then on a anybody else who picked that location has to roll a d6. On a 4+, plus, they have to choose a different one. <laughs> so you kind of fuck with people, and if there's a location you want to go for and you don't want to have to fight for it, um, you can try to move people away. Yeah. The Slanish one, um, you get to pick a location, and then uh, in a multiplayer game there, you can pick one person to be your ally. And they can't attack you unless you attack them first. So you can force someone to ally with you. (laughs) Um, The Nurgle one is pretty sweet. It's like the guard and the Nurgle. Yeah. It kind of weakens all the other locations and boosts up the cards at the location you're shooting for. Okay. So in uh, other locations, instead of two cards, they might just get one. And then at the Nurgle location, you might get three or four to choose from. You don't get more, but you get uh, better selection. Yeah. Because not all the cards are equal. And then the corn one is pretty sweet. The corn one is the only one you can't choose where to go. Because for corn, you have to go to the location where there's the most people. (laughs) Uh, But when you go there, your army is... uh, Everybody has frenzy and hatred. Mm. And then if there's three or more enemies there, uh, you get double victory points for everything. So it's like everybody's going to be teaming up. Against the fucking crazy corn faction. <laughs> Going there to kill everybody. So that's just the last bit of flavor mixed in there. So Jerry, FYI, the last last turn he got a Slanish card. Okay. A Slanish boon. Yeah. Uh, so he might be trying to team up with you at some point here. Just, <laughs> just an FYI, just a heads up. But yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, so the real... The way to win the campaign is not really to build up your stronghold... But the stronghold um, will be useful for winning your games and getting the resources. Right. The real way to win is um, it's going to be the first person to get offerings uh, for each god completely filled. Because then you have uh, each of the marks of chaos. So basically you become the ever-chosen. And uh, we'll see how long that takes. 
<laughs> um, if it goes quick, um, I came up with magic item cards for the four magic items that Archaon has. Yeah. So then uh, the quest will be whoever gets those four items and the ever chosen will win the campaign. Okay. But if it takes a long time to get get all the offerings filled, just the first person to get uh, all all of the sacred uh, marks. Okay. So that's how you, that's how you win the chaos campaign, um, and that's basically it. That's the structure. I think um, I was talking with Jerry. He thinks you could play this with pretty much any kind of army with just some slight modifications um Meaning, uh do an empire one do a yeah because like the magic item stuff will all work um you're just going to assume like it's like a chaos empire army um you know like they're worshiping chaos and stuff like that so you could just use the same kind of rules but you could also just tweak it too to take out all the chaos stuff that, yeah. would, that would take a lot more work you'd have to come up with something on your own probably when this campaign is over I'll probably come up with some just general generic rules for using any kind of armies in the campaign, but still kind of using that same card structure. So um, over the course of the campaign, then you'll get better cards and, uh, you know, unit-wide blessings for your troops. Sure. You get better access. So that it has like that build-up feel without having to come up with like veteran rules and use the same army stuff like sure. that so and there's like a lot of different potential things you could do when you go to the target locations and you're drawing gold and slave cards or magic items you could put in like random event cards and shit like that if you yeah. wanted to get even crazier with it but that's the basic outline cool um so we are gonna take a little break you gonna lay some I tunes believe. on us bro yeah what do you got so this band i want to keep it going here with the fucking doomy shit we've been playing. I'm going to make it a trifecta here because we had Woods of E. Prey and then Catatonia. So this is a band that is similar to both of those. All right. They're kind of a newer band. They're from Finland, and they're called Ghost Brigade. Okay. Kind of, they sound really similar to Catatonia. So All if you right. love Catatonia, that shit's good. But they do have um, some doomier songs. So this song is called Departures, and I'll just fucking scrunch it down to three minutes. All right.
All right, we're back. Let's talk about Holy Wars, dude. Let's fucking do it, bro. Yeah. We're kind of skipping the usual bullshit. We got and by kind of, you mean we are skipping the, the usual bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> fucking rock down there on Friday night. Yeah. Got a six-pack of beer for the road. Probably wasn't such a good no, idea. No. Might have got a temporary loss of your <laughs> booze cruising privileges. <laughs> or uh, some sort of cap might be in order next time. <laughs> You're not going to let me drink another six-pack? <laughs> I don't remember yeah. getting that out of line. Just a couple uh, times having to piss. Uh, Maybe my navigation skills weren't what they, they should weren't have been. what they were. <laughs> There's some bottle throwing. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot about that. Well, I figured you didn't want open intox, buddy. <laughs> I was looking out for you. I'm doing you a favor. Uh, we made it there in one piece. Uh, <laughs> I forgot about the whole bottle smashing yeah. thing. Get out! Piss off! Those goddamn animals. Yeah, that'll be the end of him for the rest of the cast. <laughs> yeah. He gets yelled at. We didn't get there too early. That was like uh, 10 o'clock or after so. work. We actually got uh, there the same time as Butch and the journeyman. Yeah, he, was, he was telling me that, so the campaign day was the day before. He's saying they were going to leave at noon. Yeah. And then uh, <laughs> he's like, oh, I got a little painting I got to do, but otherwise, you know, <laughs> I, I wake up early. It's not going to be a problem. I'll get a good six hours in. Ended up yeah. taking him 12 hours to finish everything. <laughs> he kept on like having to text Andrew. He's like, oh, it's going to be another hour or two, another hour or two. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he didn't leave till Should've about the same us. time as us. We all could have drove down together. Uh, yeah, maybe we could have fit all in butchers, or maybe in yeah. One we we could have sorted it, but uh, that's with way. all the armies. That's tough. Definitely three. Yeah, four four can be tricky. Um, either way, we got there. I had a few more fucking beers, which I really shouldn't have done. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, what the hell went on Friday? I don't remember too much. Just fucking around, really. The usual no, it was just uh, yeah, a few hours. I think we were done at like around two. I hit a wall at about midnight and just went and crashed. I woke up in all my clothes. Yep. Yeah, me too. Just sprawled over the bed. I don't, not like under the blankets. I think my shit was on the bed too. I don't remember. Maybe that was the day after. <laughs> mm-hmm. Either way, I didn't quite make it to bed well. Uh, yeah, Shelly had Telemordeal. Oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, Irish shit. But uh, then uh, Lou, he had some Scottish shit, which was a little more smoother. So <laughs> he was giving me the hookup every time Shelly offered the... The Irish shit. Went for the Scottish shit. <laughs> nice. Got pretty shit face. I must have still been a little drunk in the morning because I felt fine. And then got like <laughs> kind of sicker. That's pretty fucking hungover. <laughs> to the midpoint of the day. And then Saturday was, was rough. Yeah. Really rough. It's like wake up. I don't know what time shit starts. Like, <laughs> yeah. No time for a shower. Just fucking yeah. head downstairs. That was a stinky The fella. venue. Let's talk about that. Yeah. It's fucking cool. It's like a Hampton Inn. Yep. Kind of a... Probably a smaller one. It was 30 tables in there, or 15 tables in there, mm-hmm. but it was kind of a tight fit. There wasn't a lot of extra room for putting shit down. You mm-hmm. had to put your shit under the table, which worked out fine. Mm-hmm. But I had it was cool. It had like a nice, it was right off the main lobby. So yep. there's like a huge space, like almost bigger than it. It yeah. had a bunch of tables and a big continental breakfast. Yeah. Yeah, coffee all day, hot tea water, day. tea, chocolate, hot chocolate. I was fucking down on those hot chocolates. Get me through the. <laughs> I probably had like twelve teas between both days. It's no exaggeration. Yeah. So the venue is real, real cool. I know you got a good deal on that. Yeah. But um, 
It's fucking sweet. I don't know. They did try to fucking rate me with a fifty dollar charge. Ah, oh, that's that, right. That I've yet to be able see. to sort out. I can't get a hold of someone that'll tell me why the fuck they charged me. So that if they fuck me, I'm just not going back. If if it's at the same venue, I'm not <laughs> fucking spending more money at a place that fucked me over. So yeah, hopefully, I can get that get her involved. What's that? Get Herner in there? Yeah. Just tell him, hey, man, we're not coming back. Let's <laughs> get this guy 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah. Or at least make a Herner like, reimburse you 50 bucks from like the, <laughs> from the tournament fee. Yeah, or <laughs> I'll get a free entry I, next year. I like I ran it at a big loss. Well, we definitely didn't. Out. We didn't fuck anything up. I know that, and I didn't smoke we were, in the room. Yeah, I know we're that. barely in the room. Yeah, so there's no reason. I did jerk off in there once, <laughs> but I was tidy about it. For the usual protocol. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, <laughs> nerd convention. Do you do it in in the shower or? or uh do you stand over the toilet or you sit on the toilet? Stand over the toilet, bro. Stand, stand over the t- well, you could pretty much just jerk it anywhere, but when you start getting close, <laughs> <laughs> you got to make a boner beeline for the toilet. You kind of start out just doing like your usual, you're like brushing your teeth. <laughs> kind of get like a jump start going. And then. There's no way that's what they dinged us for. <laughs> oh. For that price, I could have got a Craigslist hooker. <laughs> oh. Anyways, yeah, the yeah. format... Was uh, it's pretty similar to Paca, inspired by Paca. Some of it's lifted directly from a Paca for the sportsmanship wording and stuff like that. You start with etiquette points, lose them. Uh, the the really big difference for the scoring is after each round, you rate your opponent's army yeah. on a zero, one, or a two scale. Now the games are still out of like uh, either a zero to five or a one to five. Oh, or including your objectives. Ah, yeah. So you get three points for a win. You get one point for a secret objective, and then one point for completing um, some other objective. I think each scenario have its own objective. I think it did. Well, there were secret objectives, and then a different objective. Yeah, per scenario. Yeah. So in each scenario, one there was one point. I think both players had the same one, and then there. Each player had different secret objectives. So the secret objective, you got a card, and then you'd, he would roll a D10, and then the order of all these was different on everybody's card. So you you didn't pick your secret objective, but um, it worked out pretty cool because um, you know there's no way to fudge what your secret objective was, right. and then he didn't have to hand out like little envelopes and. And then kind of dick around with that shit. Sure. And then this way you wouldn't get the same one over and over, um, potentially. But there's ten different ones. One of them, just to give a flavor, we won't go through maws. Like kill the enemy's general in close combat. Um, do two charges, ten plus. Uh, one of them, insane courage. Your army general doesn't join a unit for the entire game. I didn't get that one. I'm glad I didn't get that one. <laughs> that oh. would be tough. My opponent got that one. When he was rocking fucking Malachit. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, some of them, these need to be tweaked, but uh, overall, it was kind of a cool idea. Yeah, each scenario had these little grail tokens, yeah. which you use fortitude to pick them up. Sure. Stuff like that. So I, I'm going to say my list. Um, we're not going to get really deep into the games. You can just do an overview. Yeah. I, I'm probably going to talk a little bit about how um, maybe a unit of mine does in each game. Because I took uh, Wood Elves. So with the way the scoring was working out, uh, with this tournament you always kind of want to take the points you can get for sure. So I was going to take 
kind of the softest list that I could, kind of. Yeah. That I think could still win some games and then try to maximize those two points after each game. And then if um, hopefully I can win some games against other people if they're taking soft lists. Uh, but I took Lore of Shadow. So even against harder armies uh, with Wood Elf Shooting, the Withering, and then Mind Razor would hopefully give me a chance against those ones. And for the most part, it did. So I had a Supreme Sorceress. Uh, I used the Dark Elf one because I had Dark Elf models. I think it would have been better to take the Wood Elf ones game-wise because you get a plus one to cast in the wood. Yeah. I didn't take any specific magic items for them um, that are Dark Elf only. But I did take the Skeptor of Stability. you ever take this item, dude? No. You have to take two wizards to get it because you obviously you want to take the scroll. Yeah, uh, this is isn't as good as a scroll, <laughs> uh, which is on the level two. But this item came in handy in every game. What's do that I play? It's one use only. Okay, and you get to increase a dispel result by a d6 yeah. uh, after you see what you rolled. So it's like the Malekith ability, but you only get to use it once, and it costs you a bunch of points. Uh, is that what he does? He yeah. can increase it. If he fails to dispel, he can throw another die at it for free. Mm, yeah. Same for casting, by the way. Interesting. Um, yeah, this is exactly what it is. So, like, if you're one shy of uh, dispelling some kind of key spell, yeah, um, you got a way to do it. Actually, it came in handy when they would roll, like, a two and a one or a three yeah. and a two when you have the low numbers. Sure. Because this way you still had a chance just to dispel with your dice. You yeah. could roll the dice and see... Because I had one where they, he rolled three, and then um, he was going to get it off, and I rolled a two dice, and I got a five and a six. And then, so then um, with an extra dice, I could dispel it on a four plus. So I rolled it, and I, I think I did yeah. dispel it. So um, And then when, after you burn the scroll, you still have this thing in your pocket too. Right. If you there's like a must-stop spell, it kind of gives you an extra layer of insurance. That worked out pretty fucking awesome. I mm. I'd highly recommend that item if you're taking two wizards. Sure. Uh, the other thing I took on her was the Pigeon Plucker Pendant, okay. which was a, gives you a 5-plus ward save against models with the fly special rule. <laughs> this item, I think, is <laughs> underutilized. It's five points. The issue is it takes a slot. If you could somehow combo it with uh, Magic Resistance, which I didn't have the points in this list. Yeah. Um, a lot of the stuff that's coming at her is coming from things that fly. So, like, Demon Princes, uh, Dark Elves on Pegasus, like, Malkith. There's a lot of shit that flies and casts spells. Super so if you get some magic res, yeah, all of a sudden you can get a 2+. Plus. And then even in close combat, um, you know, she's sitting in Glade Guard on her ass. She's not doing anything. <laughs> if anything's going to come in and get combat with her, it's going to be something that's flying. If it's right. going to get through my, my waves of shit. So, moving on, I got a High Beastmaster, which is the Dark Elf Lord choice on a Mana Core. And I fucking kitted that Mana Core out with this scaly skin and the Blind Rage. Yeah. So, the Blind Rage worked out pretty good because the Mana Core is going to die horribly regardless. But the Blind Rage gives you plus D3 attacks, and then you're plus one to, to attack the Mana Core. Sure. You get plus one to hit him in close combat. We use weapon skill five, but when the manacore goes in, he has two d three plus four attacks at strength five. Weapon skill five. Initiative uh, is five as well. Yeah. So you probably get your attacks in, and then hopefully you just kill whatever is going to attack you back and kill the manacore. 
Um, on the Beastmaster, he had Warrior Bane, uh, Potion of Strength, the Black Amulet, um, which will come in handy later, and then the Charm Shield. I got a Glade, uh, Wood Elf BSB, Chanted Shield, Hail of Doom, 20 Glade Guard with the Arcane Bodkins and a Standard to Discipline. So the Arcane Bodkins are the minus three armor save on. Yeah. So this, I had to take these guys to make the core requirements. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have had to put in a unit of dryads somewhere. Sure. And I, I don't know. I just wasn't. I wanted to do all beasts, wood elves, and had not have any tree stuff in there, uh, which I was able to do. Sure. Because I really, uh, with the wood elves, I always wanted to do like a beastmaster type theme. Right. And that's kind of what I've been doing all along. So it's kind of cool to be able to put the dark elf beastmaster in there uh, to kind of max it out. So I had twenty glade guard, big unit. Um, and then this one, if there was those nasty characters, uh, withering combined with this big unit, minus three armor save would still be pretty good. I think sure. better better than the true flights potentially a 14 glade guard with uh, poison. Both the glade guard units had full command. Yeah. Standard discipline on the big one for leadership 10, uh, three warhawk riders with a champ. Um, when I took these guys, I was figuring I would maybe do combo charges, with the uh, Manicore Beastmaster, and then if they challenged, I could do the Warhawk guy would take it, and then the Beastmaster would go in and rip shit up. <laughs> Never actually worked out like that in any game, <laughs> but that was a thought behind it. I had six Wild Riders, full command, uh, no shields. So I didn't want to paint up any shields and stick them on. <laughs> I see on Domus is the shields are just sitting on the bases. Yeah. <laughs> <of> his. <laughs> Looks like he uh, airbrushed them. Um, and that's another kind of thing putting me towards the soft army list kind of bracket. Taking sure. taking the no true flights, Manticore on the Beastmaster, no shields on the Wild Riders. Uh, I took a Dark Elf War Hydra, which I mentioned on the painting before. And then three units of three tree kin, and okay. that was it. So the tree kin, I'm using those Ghostbuster Demon Dogs yeah, that I yeah. used previously. And that's my list. All right. I was rocking ogres. Pretty pretty well constrained by what I have painted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, me some, too. Some I should say for the Wood Elves, this is everything I have painted except Ward Answers and Dryads. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only thing I could add. All right. So I had a Slaughtermaster. With the uh, Lore of the Maw, Chronic Command, Talisman of Endurance, and a Dispel Scroll. He's a level four. Firebella, he had the Hellheart, which I forgot about all tournament. Didn't once use it. <laughs> <laughs> Lore of Fire, he's a level two. That shit could have come in handy a couple times, by the way. <laughs> um, had a BSB with a Sword of Striking, Enchanted Shield, and an Iron Curse Icon, which I did remember for the tournament. Nice. <laughs> he had uh, Heavy Armor for the three plus four save. Unit of four ogres with muso and standard, uh, two hand weapons. Unit of four guts with muso and standard. Twelve iron guts, standard of discipline, full command. It's my fucking gut star, <laughs> in case it wasn't obvious. I had 11 noblars with fuck all. And then four mourn fang with a gleaming pennant, two plus armor save. Four man eaters that were on poison scout, and they had standard and muso. Mornfang had standard amuso also, and then three solo saber tusks running around and an iron blaster. Badass. That was it. How'd your first game go? Who'd you have to play? 
Was it a victory? This goddamn cat. Yeah, first game I played against Joe Corrali. He's the guy from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And he had wood elves. This was a diagonal deployment scenario. Mm. He uh, that sounds pretty good for you. Get all up on him right away. Yeah, this Who deployed his, first? This is, he did. Okay. This did he what, set back pretty far or no? Not really. Not as far <laughs> as he should. <laughs> But he, uh, he, this was his first GT, so uh, okay. he, um, you know, he's oh, just going, yeah. going through doing you his thing. will do that next time. <laughs> now, on the token, there was the, the Grail, which there was a theme throughout the tournament. Every game involved these Grail tokens that your units had to pick up and do something with. And in this situation, they had to be pretty close to the center. So turn one, I'm declaring charges with the Mornfang on them. And I don't know, by turn two, I was all over, all up in his shit. Mm-hmm. Once I uh, immediately just pushed it all forward because he didn't really have a lot that was going to hold me back. He had a bunch of shooting, but a, I think two of his shooting units started in reserve as well. So <laughs> he was uh, he was on the back foot right away, and I, only my dicky little chaff shit started in reserve, so it worked out pretty well. So I really just pushed it all forward, ran mm-hmm. him over. Nice. Excellent. I played a game against Domus. We were playing on the Wood Elf table. This was kind of funny because uh, beforehand, I actually sent him my list a few weeks in advance, and I was like, dude, check out how shitty this is. Yeah. And he's like, that's pretty shitty. Why don't you check out how shitty mine is? And I'm like, yeah, that's pretty shitty. (laughs) (laughs) So he had a shitty off? Yeah, big shit off. Uh, He was kind of constrained by what he had, too. Uh, He ended up taking a big unit of dryads. This game, I don't know, overall went pretty well for me. Didn't really have any bad luck. Kind of beat up on his dryad units, popped through, got to the glade guard units. One thing I did learn in this game is you don't have to vanguard, which was something that I thought about really hard in all my next games because it worked out really well um, because I didn't vanguard my warhawks, so I was able to get a turn one charge on his way watchers and kind of scoop up the points for those guys. Yeah. Probably just talk about the Beastmaster, how he does in each game, and the Hydra. So the Beastmaster charge in Wild Riders, turn one. But they were within uh, six inches of this tree. They gave him five-up regen. A real kind of shit anyways. Yeah. They end up killing the uh, Manicore. But the dude on foot eventually kills the unit. And then uh, Domus, <laughs> he's using the Sisters. And he's kind of a little standoffish with them because he didn't want to get near my shooting. So they're just kind of hovering on the flanks, taking pot shots at Treekin and stuff. And I like on the last turn, this dude finally got out of combat. It took like the entire game to kill those wild riders. Yeah. And he gets fucking schmucked with the uh, strength 5 D6 wound arrow. That's the end <laughs> of him. Uh, the Hydra did pretty good. The uh, it went into the dryads, beat him up, and then overran into a tree man. And then he tree whacked it, which works. But then I made like uh, my I was close to that tree, so I still had regen, <laughs> even though the hydras don't have regen anymore. <laughs> so I made like a five up regen, and then like broke the tree man and ran him down. Yeah. So hydro was pretty fun. <laughs> Manicore pretty fragile. All right. But I was hoping I could kill all the wild riders with all those strength fives. I only killed like one or two, and then just the second round he went down. But overall, win for me. Good times. Moving on. Number two. Number two, I played against Steven Thompson. He was rocking a Cast Legion list. 
Really, the only part of it that matters is the unkillable BSP. Oh, nice. And the Orgot's Demon Spew dickweed. (laughs) (laughs) So we kind of... Well, I kind of got boned. There's this huge piece of this hill on my side of the table in the corner, but it took up like a third Are you of the like table. on the Dwarven Hold table? No. Or is it there was another a, one with the big hills? There was a wizard's tower in the middle. I think it was the high elf table, but you couldn't move around on this hill without taking dangerous terrain. Yeah. And I ca- it was the, the random the deployment scenario, so I, a bunch of my shit ended up on top of it, so I kept losing shit to dangerous terrain. <laughs> and meanwhile, we're pussyfooting because he's got like... You know, dicky fucking chaos list, but two cannons, skull crushers, ogres, p- big block of plague bearers, that special guy. But so we're pussyfooting, not mm-hmm. wanting to commit. And I'm at one point, I'm just like, fuck it, I'm just gonna start getting in there. And then um, it all just kind of fell apart. That's <laughs> 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 so pretty bad. <laughs> um, the gut star pretty much got surrounded by everything. The special character just destroys whatever he gets close to. Is it? Orgot's Demon Spew. Oh, he's a maggot lord? Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, the model Those was fun. super cool. Well, like, like their rules, they're not super over the top. Nine attacks, three plus armor, Nuggle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to pick up one of those models. Yeah, they're pretty Butchers badass. Butchers turns out really cool. I could see that too, but I, not fun to play against. Like, Just yeah. gets in there and challenges you out every turn fucking annihilates whatever he's swinging mm-hmm. on him and then you're like all right well came down to my general i think by the time the fourth challenge came around he my general had to accept and he was the only guy left in the unit anyway <laughs> that's 12 ogres a fire belly and a bsb oh, all dead just so, ground you down yeah it was that's rough yeah it was pretty man i don't okay. know i don't like those characters that's going to be the theme for this event. <laughs> this one could have been more tolerable. I think he killed my cannon turn. He had two skull cannons, like I said. He killed mine on turn one with his so mm-hmm. before I moved it. Okay, I played Patrick Bernelson round two. He was running a Undead Legion. Super tame. He had some archers, some horsemen archers. His main combat units were the a unit of tomb guard and a unit of grave guard mm-hmm. with okay. a vamp in there tooled up vamp lord to just kind of avoided avoided those killed everything else got most of the wizards the warhawks were doing awesome in this game we got a, um, a vanguard then a charge on turn two the mana core first turn i had to use my tournament reroll to make an armor save from all the skelly archers he got hit with like a fireball or some shit they did like three wounds. So we had one wound left and like 30 bow shots coming in. Fucking one <laughs> of them got through. So I was able to get across the table. And then um, after that, he was on foot for the rest of the game. And I uh, ended up getting decapitated by a tomb prince. A tomb prince, yeah. We had, I needed to get in a challenge before the end of the game to get overkill for my yeah. objective. And I was excited when the tomb prince came in because I thought I was finally going to do it. Well, he just cut his fucking head off. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Botched the black ammo. Uh, the Hydra. Um, this game, I learned the Hydra can march and shoot with his breath attack, which might be the best thing to do because you always want to you know, save it for combat, get the res and stuff. But uh, in combat, if he takes a wound or two, then it's already down to strength three or four and it's shit. So yeah. you want to go in fresh, strength five. And Patrick, he's like, yeah. 
yeah, why don't you just do that? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went and fucking scorched 16 Tomb Guard, <laughs> which was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, so that's the main thing I learned from this game. Uh, the Tomb Guard actually went in and killed the Hydra anyways, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was fucking sweet. Ended up being a victory for me. Got most of the, the objective points for this one. Uh, All right. Next round. This was uh, Battle for the Pass. So long way deployment or short end deployment, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. I played Patrick Brindelson, who you had just played. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> so he didn't he didn't prepare for my scouts. <laughs> uh, that's bad. Scouts of the yeah. man eaters back there. He went first on turn one, charged the fucking unit of archers they were in, obliterated them. Kind of pussyfooted between the Mornfang and the Vamp Lord's big block of I think it was two. I don't know if it was Grave Guard or Tomb Guard, but he had one of each. Yeah. And then he's talking all this shit about how the Vamp Lord's going to annihilate the fucking, the bros, the Mornfang. And I'm like, all right, well, we'll see. So he fails the charge on the Mornfang. And then I hit him in the ass with the Maneaters, hit him in the front with the Mornfang, kill 13 with impact hits. <laughs> and then um, Vamp, uh, I fucking hit a regen on the Mornfang, too. So he's like, oh, that's the game. <laughs> <laughs> so he ends up getting sneaking one wound through on the Mornfang. And then... I completely obliterated the unit, and the general crumbled, and he called it on that turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, well, that didn't go too fucking far. <laughs> but yeah, I was all up in his shit. Yeah, Whenever I see undead with ogres, you just fucking get in there as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. It always goes well. I was up against Zach Shelley. Battle for the past, like you said. I was able to pick sides and get a little hill in my backfield where I was able to hide the Hydra and the Manticore. He was taking Empire. Yeah, had a couple cannons, some shooters, two units of naked demigriffs, a uh, unit of knights with Carl in there, like the the cavalry version, where he's like on a steed. Yeah. And then um, he had a unit of like uh, great swords on foot, a hurricaneum. Um, that's pretty much it. He was taking lower light, but he didn't have uh, the bubble shit. Sure. Or the whatever they call it, the council. Uh, one thing on my side, I had a big pool of necrotic ooze which would give me uh shooting poison so i was able to combine that with the uh, minus three armor save arcane bodkins for some devastation on some <laughs> no demigriffs <shit>. yeah <laughs> it was pretty cool although he still got him across i only killed one unit in the end um this one ended up being a victory for me there was a uh, carl was kind of coming down the flank um and so I kind of ignored him and just went after everything else. He blew up one of his cannons, turn one, which is a bad beat, because it panicked a demigriff unit and then created a spot for my warhawks to land safely yeah. and take out the other cannon. Mm. Um, this one, what I learned was not to get flustered and uh, <laughs> try to pull back and save points if you can rather than just saying fuck it, because I had... Uh, the Manticore Rider in the flank of the Greatswords. And then I had some Treekin in the front um, just to help whittle the numbers down. And the first two turns, he challenged the Beastmaster. So I wasn't able to unleash the Manticore's full Thunder Stomp and Fury on everything. <laughs> and then finally, it looks like uh, he's out of uh, challenge bait in the unit, but he gets a bunch of wounds on the Treekin. And then... Uh, I lose combat by one. They break, and then the Beastmaster breaks, and he gets <laughs> fucking run down. <laughs> and then at this point, I was going to throw in the Hydra to try to march and flame the rest of them because there's like four or five of them left. 
Uh, but I was going to have to sacrifice them to Carl. And then I fucking took a chill pill, pulled the Hydra back. Um, I also pulled back the um, Wild Riders in this one because I got schmucked early. So this one was about kind of my theme of the weekend is just keeping the points that you have. And yeah. Don't risking them if you don't have to because I was able to get that unit with shooting later. Mm-hmm. And then I was worried because there was a wizard in there, level four, that I wouldn't be able to get them. But I ended up killing the whole unit in one turn and then he wasn't able to run away far enough and then on the last turn I was able to get him nice. the rest of my shooting so it was a victory yeah. for me although uh, Shelly did get the objective which was getting a unit off so I think um, was this one a draw or I can't remember if it, it was a close game yeah I think it was it might have been a draw or a win I can't remember but it was close alright game motherfucking four this is a fortitude scenario Wait, it was a win it was a win for me. Are you sure? Because I had one draw in the tournament. It wasn't this one. Okay. Game four was fortitude. I played against Joe Pecoraro. By now, I was pretty hungover and tired. This was the fucking shirts off Warhammer match. Some of yeah. you may have seen on Twitter. And he was rocking ogres. Similar build to mine, except his gut star had two less. He didn't have a fire belly. He did, which is key, have an extra cannon. <laughs> <laughs> and four lead belchers. So that's what he had versus... The rest of the shit that he had, I had. So similar. He had two more man eaters as man eater unit. But so turn one, of course, one of his cannons kills my cannon before I move excellent, it. Excellent. Why wouldn't it? That's the theme for the fucking tournament. And then uh, it was. I put all my shit up on my left. He put all sh- his shit on his left. There was a big piece of train in the middle. So we were just gonna kind of sweep around, is how it had looked. But he put some fucking chaff up in front of my big units on the left. So I hit them both, and then I just. Re- Reverse my gut star so it could go back the other way with the free reform. Mm-hmm. And then that way I was able to catch him out next turn with a fucking cheeky charge on his gut star with my gut star. Uh-huh. Um, his cannons were, guts. Yeah, his cannons were doing some destruction to the Mornfang, and none of that shit was overly important, though. Um, so caught him out with a, like, I think I need a 10 or an 11 or something. Pretty good, good distance charge on him, but smacked into him. And then just went to work. So it's gut star versus gut star. We're both casting regens and mm-hmm. firebellies popping breath weapons and shit. And um, he, the second round, his or the first time around that his turn came when that combat was going on, his six man eaters were behind my unit. They couldn't charge. They would have had a turn for a round and then charge me next round. But he was getting distracted by all the other bullshit I had around, like unit of four fucking ogres with two hand weapons and shit like that which at one point charged him in the rear the four the six man eaters mm-hmm. and not one of my guys got the strike <laughs> <laughs> so he never brought those guys in but at the end of the game like man you should have done that because you would have smoked my shit um he's like well i wanted all these other points over here and whatever so in the end my gut star killed all of his ogres and his general was still stubborn but he ended up breaking on a nine because the banner discipline was finally gone and the bsb mm-hmm. had been killed so there's no reroll going on so yeah took down his general's unit the rest of that was a bit of mop up i think in every game except the last game i played i got my objectives so Pulled that one along the way, secret missions and stuff. I didn't write down what my secret missions were, mm-hmm. but um, but yeah, I won that one. So I was sitting on three and one at the end of day one. Excellent. Round four, I was up against fucking meal deal, meal for mealin. Best general Wapaka using a very similar list, a turdstone list. <laughs> if you're on Twitter, so that was um, 
Four units of horrors, two beastman shamans with a herdstone. He had the mask, two skull cannons, a unit of dogs with his unkillable BSB, a uh, unit of drones, and then a slanash demon prince. This one, um, I knew it was going to be a tough fight, but I was actually feeling pretty good about it. If you can avoid the, the BSB and the demon prince, he doesn't really have much that can fight that well. Yeah. So I was all Operation Grill on this one, um, which worked out pretty good. I was able to. Uh, uh, I knew that Beastmaster was going to die horribly to those double cannons. <clears throat> so uh, with the blood and glory, the extra inches, I was able to get a turn one charge into some horrors, eradicate him, overrun. Uh, but he had enough kind of units stacked that he's able to flank with the plague drones, take out that Beastmaster. But then um, we took out the mount, and then he fled back towards my lines, and then the drones pursued, caught him. But then they were too close. The two units of Treekin, which I charged, was able to kill the drones and then overrun and get into the horrors and get these kind of big uh, battles going where he uh, brought in his warhounds with his BSB into the flank of a Treekin unit fighting the horrors. And then, like, the following turn, I was able to charge the Warhawk Riders into the unit behind his unit of horrors because uh, he's, like, double-stacking these horror units. Get a big uh, overrun, pop him, go into the back of the horror unit, rack up a shit ton of combat res to counter out the BSB, and then fucking broke him, like, at a negative five on that. So it was looking pretty good there. So I actually got a lot of his center. Um, the way his magic worked out was interesting. So on his first turn, I went first. He rolled a snake eyes for magic. So I got one. He got two. Uh, but after all of his bonuses, he had 11 dice to my one. And that's with me already killing one of his horror units at the start of the game. So he would have had max dice from a snake eyes roll. Um, so he was fucking up the Warhawk Riders. Or not the Warhawk Riders. The Wild Riders. There's nothing I could do. Uh, my turn. So he's just flying his Demon Prince straight towards the Glade Garden. My turn, I get a boosted uh, withering off on him, take him down to toughness three, unload with all my bow shots, minus three armor save, poison, hail of doom. Yeah. Only do two wounds, unfortunately. <laughs> I was a little miffed about that. I went back, I crunched the numbers. They should do about 3.7. So on average, I would not have killed him, but... Maybe a 40% chance I would have killed him or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so that was too bad. I was hoping it was going to be an easy game by just taking him down. He uh, gets across with them, does the random movement spell, so my Glaygard have to go in with my general. I didn't get Mind Razor in this game, which could have been a big deal. Um, ends up being a bloodbath. At the end of it, all he has left is his Demon Prince, the two Skull Cannons, a Shaman, and the Mask. Mm -hmm. And then I have two units of Treekin, the small unit of Archers, my BSB, and level two. Yeah. Uh, both of our Fortitudes were broken. He was up 357 VP points in the end. Mm. So I ended up getting zero. But in this one, I did have a chance to win it, but I beefed it up so this is what i learned in this one was uh always remember the lore and shadows attribute of uh being able to swap places with characters yeah because he's in combat with my Glaguard unit with my general and i could have i did get the spells off but uh i didn't realize until the magic phase that i could re do the swap 
And at that turn, I was over 18 inches away with my level two. But if I'd remembered that in the movement phase, I could have moved over and swapped out my general for the level two. So I would have been up 300 victory points on that. My fortitude wouldn't have been broken, and I would have won by 200 or so victory points in the end. But that was too little, too late, sadly. But overall, it was a really good game. I was really happy with how I played it. I think if you're playing against a list like that, definitely just gun for his shit. It uh, helps if you have some juicy stuff on your side because um, it would have been a different game if his Demon Prince had been hanging on his side because he can do that bubble uh, slander spell and actually damage your units in combat. Uh, but otherwise, he doesn't have any buffs or debuffs. His combat troops aren't really anything at all. Right. So if you can get in there, if you just fucking keep your head and don't shit a brick <laughs> about uh, the power dice differential, it's really not... Not as bad um, when you're facing it. Yeah. But um, I, I, I played a game. All right. Round five, Sunday morning. Dun, dun, dun. Meeting engagement. I played against Sean Troy. Yeah, this is Diagonals again. He's rocking Empire. Carl Franz. Carly. Flying. That's pretty much the gist of his list. Well, two cannons, of course. Yeah, two cannons. Well, yeah, two big uh, 40-man halberder blocks. He didn't have any knights or demigriffs. He did have the arch lector and the light yeah, council. And a, oh, yeah, he did have and the And a hurricane. Yeah. But so, his only real fighty guy was Carl. It's true. So turn one, I got a cheeky cannon shot and put six wounds on Carl, <laughs> which meant he had the fucking... Pussyfoot around for the rest of the game, which was solid. He did slam into the Mornfang. Like eight How'd hits. That go? <laughs> auto wound. D3 wounds. No armor D3 save. D3 plus one. Yeah. End of the Mornfang. <laughs> so he killed all the Mornfang before anybody could even blink a fucking eye. Like, well, that was unfortunate. But he couldn't afford to charge the Gut Star and risk whiffing it because I'd still get a ton of swings back on him. So uh -huh, yeah. He just flapped around. I was throwing every fucking thing I had at this guy. Like. 3d6 fireballs, man yeah, so you're, shooting. And you lost your blaster his turn one yeah, to I his lost, cannons. Uh, yep. I think my blaster never once all tournaments survived the first fucking round of the game. So, yeah, so after that, it's going to be tough because you have fireballs, but he has two ups. Yeah, so you're just trying to get him to fail those fucking two ups. <laughs> so I, was, I also had, I didn't have 2d6 strength, two no armor save, but that could have been pretty fucking handy. But anyway, so he just flapped around trying to fucking stay <laughs> out of my business. <laughs> And uh, and I just went after the rest of his shit. I was cleaning up blocks of halberders. The special objective was really difficult in this one because the chalices, grails, were set up pretty yeah, much your, in the back corner. Your so, opponent put them down, and yeah. then you had to go pick them up. And ev and he's like, well, I'm just going to put my way back here as far away from you as I can that's legal. And I'm like, all right, well, then I'll do the same to you. And then... He kind of boned it because I he didn't put anything back there. I scouted my man eaters on <laughs> top of it, scooped it, <laughs> picked it up, started walking back towards my army with it. So I got that objective point, which like otherwise you'd have no chance because I would have had to be spending the whole game avoiding all of his bullshit, which is kind of what he did to me. But um, anyway, it was a really really good game. We had a hoot. Came down to last turn, him having to pass four two plus ward saves to keep Carl alive because yeah. he was down to one wound and he made it so if he wouldn't have made it would have been would have been a little different I would have won but instead we drew it was like 20 points in my favor oh, by cool. the end so super close really fun game I gave him my nod for best opponent so 
Mm, cool. I had a real hoot. The moral of the story is just don't play against Carl Franz if you're ogres, though. <laughs> <laughs> unless you unless get you have double blaster. Yeah, unless you got double blaster, and I, well, don't I know. think the poison handgunner man eaters. I think they could do all. Yeah, that. because if I had could, to set up get in the range. Because I had to set up to get that Grail. I kind of boned myself, mm-hmm. but it got me a guaranteed tournament point, so that's yeah. why I did it. They so. Definitely, yeah, uh, take the guarantees. Yeah, damn. Either way, it was a draw, so I still pulled, like, four points instead of five out of the game. Or, yeah, four, mm-hmm. five, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was four instead of five total uh, out of the game, because so, you'd get you got five with the victory. But So I, I did well in that one, and uh, he did well, too, so that was cool. It was a really, really good time. Okay. I had a blast. We're well, fucking with each other, talking shit. Yeah. One of those games. He's a good guy. Round fives up against Joe Pecoraro, your round four opponent. Yeah. So I won't get into his list. He's playing Ogres. This game was really fun. It was, like, super tactical. Almost nothing died. I killed a unit of bulls, and then he killed a unit of Treekin and uh, the Warhawk Riders. Yeah. And that was it. So that'd be, <laughs> uh, this was my draw of the tournament. I did get the objective. Um, oh, he did get the objective, too. So, yeah, it was a full-on draw. Yeah. Um, against his ogres, right. not a lot of excitement there. Well, not not much died. There was a lot of pussyfooting, fleeing charges. There was like a big terrain. Uh, this was on the, like the Sotek table. Yeah. So I had a big uh, like terrain piece. I could hide the Hydra and the Manticore behind um, <laughs> to start with, and then like he couldn't get to the Glade Guard because I had shit on the flanks, uh, so he couldn't push it there, but. Yeah. It was a good game. He's a good guy. I never played him before. No, I had a good, good game good against show. Joe, too. Yep. I like that, dude. All right. This Cooking is it. Beer, Round so. six. This is Round the, six. We just had the penultimate game. <laughs> this is the ultimate game. I played Sam Frank. He had Host of the Eternity King. So, Malekith, <laughs> the first entry on his list mm-hmm. here. Uh, a Master, which was a BSB on a Dark Steed. A Sorceress on a Dark Steed. With some other bullshit. The master was really kitted out. Uh, 25 Eternal Guard, 24 Dark Shards, 12 Wild Riders, <laughs> and 8 Doomfire Warlocks. <laughs> That's the whole list. So he had four units. Well, yeah, four units not counting characters. So, and then he stuck all of his characters into the Doomfire Warlocks. And then Malekith flapped around acting like a real Slappy asshole. Flappy gums. Just fucking <laughs> flapping around. So I just focused on... This one's going to be a tough one. <laughs> I tried to put everything I could into Malekith and back up and chaff him from getting into me. And... Were you successful? No. In the Wild Riders... Killing him? No. Pretty much killed everything I had. Yeah. That's going to be brutal. <laughs> and because I wasn't focusing anything on avoiding him, I was just like, meh, fuck it. Here's a unit. Hit it. I'm still going to keep shooting and focusing on Malekith. But I think the Iron Blaster survived until like almost the last... Oh, or excellent. Until the end of the game when I called it on like turn four because I had nothing left but an Iron Blaster. But <laughs> yeah, Malekith is a real cocksucker. Um, I don't. It's a tougher nut to cry. That one's more matchup dependent. Where, if, yeah, like with Carl, you can maybe you can always have something to do if you build your army list for yeah. an all comers style. Where the Malekith sometimes those all comers lists well, won't still won't have a chance against him. Or, never, or some are really well yeah. set up against them. Right. It's yeah. More, more rock paper scissors with him. Never fails to cast. Never fails to dispel. Um, at one point, he pit of shades the fucking yeah. cut star. 
hit hit nine guys. I failed my lookout serve for the BSB and have to use the tournament reload <laughs> to keep him alive because that was early in the game when I thought it would matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dumbass. And then yeah. ends up killing eight ogres. That's rough. Just because he had me my asthma because <laughs> he never fails to cast any spell he needs to cast. Uh, uh, yeah, it was like really bad. One, it was probably I went from the game against Sean Troy, which was super fun, to the game against Sam, which was probably one of the like. Why did we even bother? I shouldn't even have set my stuff up. I should have just gave you all the points uh, and walked away because it would have been like I wouldn't have been frustrated and been like, what, what? "Okay, dude, like whatever, good job. Right. You're real good, good at job. this. Yeah, you're real <laughs> good at this." So anyway, some Michael Butcher rage. <laughs> yeah, nah, I didn't really get <laughs> good mad. job, bro. <laughs> I knew it was gonna happen, so I just kind of went with it and tried to see if I could make anything happen. I think by the end I had done two wounds to Malakith, leaving him with eight wounds, <laughs> <laughs> and I threw everything I could at him. Mm-hmm. But I had some really bad luck too, because the cannon would hit him, roll the one to wound, and yeah. I think that happened twice. So it just whatever, it's mm-hmm. fine. But I don't think I'll go to another tournament where these characters are allowed, because the things okay. I have painted just aren't competitive. So sure. I'm not going to do that anymore. Go ahead, Raj. Game six. Game six. The ultimate game. I was up against Sean Troy. Getting your leavings. These last two. Let's do around. So this one. It's a good technical game. Never played uh, Sean before. He's fucking good shit for sure. Yeah. Um, a real so good this dude. one, I'll just talk about Carl. The other thing, you know, with these games with these characters is, you know, it just comes down: can you kill him or not? It's um, true. <laughs> so this one, I got a, a irresistible withering off on him when he was sitting uh, in front of my both my Glade Guard units and. Um, Rolled a one, so he went down to toughness four. Used my tournament re-roll to get a three, so he's down to toughness two, which was pretty fucking sweet. Um, and then I ended up losing withering after that to the double six, so that was the right move. Put all my shooting at him, uh, uh, but I was a little distraught. I only did four wounds. I didn't crutch the numbers on that, um, but he's got a t- three-up armor maybe and a four-plus ward. Yeah. Even with arcane botkins, the poison... The toughness two still only did four wounds so he's like fuck it i'm gunning across so he flies across lands directly in front <laughs> of my uh bsb uh, they had a big unit of 20 with the bsb the general operation grizzy and then the uh beastmaster his mana core got schmucked out by uh magic missile or something like that so he ended up joining that unit as well and then i agonized for probably five or six minutes over whether to go in and charge and just go for mine razor and go for the win or to sit there and shoot again so i ended up deciding to sit there and shoot again and then i mine razored him anyways so he wasn't going to be able to go in yeah so with that shooting i did two more wounds so he has three left um on his turn he tries to charge the other glade rider unit or not the glade rider the other glade guard unit which just book and they get away because they're like 14 or 15 away and roll to six or seven. So Carl stumbles forward and he's in front of the Glade Guard again. Now, at this point, his halberdiers are moving up and they're going to be able to charge the Glade Guard next turn. So I'm like, I got to go in now. So the Beastmaster pops his potion of strength <laughs> and uh, I just charge the whole unit in. Uh, go for the Mind Razor. Doesn't go off this turn, but I'm like, well, <laughs> the the Beastmaster between the Potion of Strength and the Black Amulet, hopefully we'll just be able to kill him. 
or at least um, yeah, just be able to kill him. Yeah. So with Potion of Strength, I uh, get one wound through with that. So he's down to two, and then he goes, and he does a fucking number with that hammer. <laughs> but the uh, Beastmaster, he's got the black amulet. So each four-plus ward save I make bounces back to him and does one wound with no armor saves. <laughs> this is why I took the black amulet. I actually submitted my list without the black amulet. Yeah. And then I went back and changed it, and that was like the only thing I changed was to add the black amulet. Um, so he does. he did six hits. And then, so I rolled uh, six dice. I had four four pluses, and he had two wounds left. So I was like, is this it? Uh, so he made three of the four, so he had one wound left. I'm like, fuck. Um, he wins, I think he wins combat. Hold. I'm steadfast. He gets his uh, Popemobile in there on the flank. And then kills my general <laughs> on that turn. So I'm like, ugh. Uh, but I hold. I'm steadfast again. Uh, but thankfully, Mind Razor was on my level two yeah. and not the level four. And then, um, so I was able to rally that bitch. Um, I just had enough Glade Guard left to rally. I just had over 25%. Yeah. Because uh, so it came down to some key dice rolls for sure, where you know, if you just did one more wound with this magic missile against them, like I would have had less than 25, and that, that bitch would have kept running. Um, it came down to a leadership eight march check on my Warhawks to be able to divert his big halberder block for one extra turn. But anyways, I rallied, uh, rolled a super high mine raiser on six dice. I think like a twenty eight with a level two. <laughs> yeah. He rolls. He doesn't get it. <coughs> the unit. Um, even with everything, I think he had like a bubble fast protection or something. I needed yeah. fives to hit with no rerolls. I got one hit <laughs> through with the glade card. I did one wound to him, and then he fails the four up, and then he <laughs> goes down. So that's the end of Carl. <laughs> and then they turn, and they take out the Popemobile. Um, he still had quite a bit left, but he's like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and he said... Um, he said he probably won't take Carl again because he thinks all the elf armies are, always have good options for taking him out. Yeah, when you're going to play elf armies, yeah. um, so that was good. I felt good to be able to take him, take down Carl for the final game, and then um, between the sports, the paint, everything else, took home the overall award. Yeah, Rogers goes overall with a total of 82 points in the tournament. Guess who was number two with 81? Ah, it was you, my this man. This fucking guy. Yeah, so, uh, top eight people, all four HPBs were in there. Andrew yeah. was eighth. Butcher was fifth. Yeah, Butcher was crushing it. He had, he actually had uh, five wins and a loss. So yeah. He had a final record that was better, but he didn't do well, as good a job getting the like bonus points and stuff like that. So, the fucking comp points were massive, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because it was zero to two points per game when you're dealing with a max of, like what, 30 battle points per tournament. So... Mm-hmm. um between paint and like just i got two points from every opponent for comp like that shit jumped me way up there to second place yeah. um and on a related note those dickweeds that took dickweed lists mm-hmm. like the guy the guys i was playing against with the super characters are way down in like the fucking 16 yeah. and 15 well, place even yeah, though they were kicking ass the whole tournament yeah well that's the way it was designed they had to have known going in that there's no way you can win overall you, yeah, you can't you win the tournament with this fucking build and like you're taking it just i guess you're going for best general is mm-hmm. that your fucking goal there yeah so and that's what uh meal deal end up doing you end up getting best general there yeah um you got 
paint, and then I got best army, which was just best overall army, and then best appearance, which was okay. best paint. Yeah, there's five different paint awards. Yeah. Um, so the whole you need thing... to explain a little bit the difference between them, though, for next yeah. time. Yeah. Just uh, so don't like which ones are player judge, which ones are like based off the points, like on the checklist. Yeah. Which one was like just picked by the judges, or one of them was best model, which I think Butch Butcher got yeah. for his big warm thing, and then Andrew picked up some other like appearance award. I'm not sure, maybe like a player's choice or a judge's choice. Uh, I, I like, think you have like a judge's choice. The one the, that Andrew got was for uh, player votes. Okay. So. Okay, so that's right. Yeah, I got judge's choice. Um, but, yeah, the whole thing was really well run. They were using WarScore, so you had instant web updates. You yeah. had emails on when uh, postings were up. If you follow me on Twitter, you know the terrain was pretty awesome overall. Yeah, the terrain was off was the fucking hizzy. Yeah. It was a Massive. W- most impactful terrain on any Warhammer games yeah. I've ever played. So. It made a big difference. It did. For, uh, Changed how the shit was working. I think for the more dickier lists, yeah, you know, it they just, couldn't just, it just adds it. more random stuff. Yeah, so like you can't run like a like an efficient a killing machine type list because <laughs> some kind of random like a tree is just going to give everything in six inches of five up regen. regen yeah. It's going to come grinding to a halt. <laughs> or with Domus, he got some kind of super poison against Chris Yu's Malekith. You know, so. With the more random stuff, you just have to have a more balanced, more versatile list right. that doesn't rely on one kind of gimmicky thing in order to get all the wins because you never know when a piece of terrain is just going to fuck with them. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. The, the venue is solid, like we said before. Yeah, it's There was a lot of people carrying beer around, and there was not yeah. one complaint that I heard from the venue. BYOB. So That's cool how it was advertised, that. yeah. Minus that $50 charge they're trying to hit me with. <laughs> we'll get that sorted. Um, Me and Domus did some hot tubbing on Saturday night mm-hmm. with Lou. That Good was a times. fucking hoot. Well, yeah, yeah. I stood up late with Steve and uh, a ton of the uh, what's that Minnesota group? The Lords of War. The Lords of War. Yeah, I think a third of the competition. Third of the was <laughs> was Lords of War. There. Rolling down. Yeah. Sounds a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, big shout out to all the sponsors. It's yeah, kind of weird to have another off the hook too. Another tournament. That's kind of like the old days when you get like crazy prize support yeah. for winning all the prizes. Big and then time. it kind of went to raffles. So this one had a raffle. It went well. Yeah. And then also, you have big bags of goodies. So I picked up, um, after some trades <laughs> with you, yeah. I got uh, four different, I have a couple Cromlech minis, two Mercer miniatures, like the big bird, Griffin. Yeah. I think I player. traded off three Mercer miniature models just... And ended up with one that I traded you for two of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of cool between like the winners to see what Mio got it, that sweet ass dragon. Yeah, like, I think he, he got the fucking best one. one. Yeah. Son of a bitch. But overall, super good. Definitely recommend it. It doesn't look like it'll be a change of venues. He's got a pretty sweet setup there. So um, limited players. It's kind of cool having a smaller one like that. Just thirty, I think twenty-eight in the end. Yeah, it was really personal that way. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really definitely cool. got to meet and talk with like a lot of guys that I didn't get to at other events. So overall, super, super well run. Definitely gonna looking forward to next year. And that's about it. We gotta, yeah, we gotta go, dude. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are we gonna go out with here, music wise, Dick um, Weed? Um, <laughs> music wise, Dick Weed. <laughs> I got of? some more uh, Ghost Brigade. This one is called Divine Act of Lunacy. All right, let's fucking drop it on them, and they can suck my balls.